Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. So we've been in this series called Table Talks, and really what it's been doing is just been sitting at the table and kind of like if I was able to go to coffee with you and we were just sitting across and just talking and about life and different things. And, and so that's kind of what it's been. It's been like this one instead of one-on-one, it's been on like one in 200, but it's all good. It's the same. And so I want to talk to you today about a very important topic, and it's something that I've heard a lot lately about uh, when I'm meeting with people and talking with people. It's something that I feel like is a, a big thing in our culture. Uh, and I believe it's vital for us to do it well. And that's, I want to talk to you about balancing life well, about balancing better. So many people have so many plates that are spinning. There's nobody in the room or online that would not consider themselves busy. We all have so much going on. There's so many different things. And, and we, have, we have work and we have family and we have school and we have friends and we have, we have uh, all the other things going on around us. So if it's, you're on a football team or a, 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 a soccer team or a cheerleading team or all the different things we have. And we have children and we have grandchildren. We have all these things going on. And it can, if we're not careful, what can happen is we have so many plates that what can happen is if we're not balancing well, we'll focus on one plate and then the other plate starts to drop. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Then we're like, oh, hurry up, pick up that plate. And I'm, I'm a terrible parent. Hurry up, try to be better. And like, we focus on being a, a better parent. Next thing you know, then something else is dropping. So God desires for us to be people that balance life well. He doesn't desire for us to be a people. And I don't think he created us to be people that are just ah, everywhere. But I believe he desires for us to live in rhythm and in balance. And so I wanna talk to you a little bit about that today. And really what can happen is, uh, I have this illustration with a level, I'm gonna pull that out for you. It, oftentimes what we can do is, you know, we can use this, and this is a good example here, this level. You know, I am a person that is not coordinated enough physically to hang picture frames correctly. I am one of the ones that I will do it, but it will not look the way it's supposed to. I'm the one, you do it, you, you, you walk in and you're like, now it's straight, you know, I, I'll, I'll do all I got to do, I'll, st- I'll, I'll fix it, I'll feel like I got the blue line now, I feel like it's perfect. I go back, I step back, and I'm like, nope, nope, it's not perfect. But what happens is, I can get a level, you know, this lovely level, many of you know what it is, if you don't know what it is, I'll pray for you, but it's a level, and, and, and so the level, what happens is, if you put the bubble right, you know what I'm saying, the two lines, you can get a straight line, and your picture, or whatever it is that you're leveling, will be straight. It's the same thing with our relationships, with, with, with our life, and the same thing with balancing life. Here's what happens. Oftentimes, we, have so, we can have so much going on that our soul can start to warn us. Our soul can start to feel stressed. Our soul can start to feel dry. Our soul can start to feel like something's missing, something's happening. And here's what happens. And I think our soul is like a level when we start to feel that way because what can happen is if it's just a little bit off, check this out, if it's just a little bit off, over time, yeah, okay, it might not be super crooked, but over time, the further along I go, the more I'm tanking. 
And what can happen is it's the same thing with life. So now we can be experiencing something in our soul and we're like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. It could be because you got something out of balance six months ago and through just the sake of time of just continuing to do that, you've continued to feel like you've tanked or sank, sunk in your life. And so this is why it's so important that we would level and we'd be balanced in our lives. And I think our soul is a, a great level, if you will, to warn us, to show us, to give us the red flag or the warning signs to say, okay, something's out of balance. I gotta, I gotta take a minute. I gotta evaluate what's happening. And I wanna talk to you about that today. I wanna talk to you about really balancing well. This is gonna be one of the most practical messages maybe you've ever heard, but this is so vital and really walking out and living, I believe, the way God has called us and created us to live. I wanna show you Mark chapter four and verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. Come on, my my man, Jesus was big chilling in the boat. He said, you know what? Y'all can do whatever you gotta do. I'm gonna take a nap. Come on, my nappers. Give me a big old amen. Come on, somebody. Man, naps are from Jesus. He shows it to us right here. Praise God. If you don't have the time for, to nap because you have young children like my wife and I, hey, we're praying for you. We're in the same boat. Come on, somebody. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat and his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was this great calm and Then they asked him, or he asked them, excuse me, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. And I want to talk to you again just for a few moments on balancing well. And I see from this scripture three things that I believe are so important for us to do as we continue to evaluate and really walk out living a balanced life. Number one, in Mark chapter four and verse 35, it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they, they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. It's interesting because all throughout the life of Jesus and his ministry, you see that he would take time and he would escape or he would leave or he would find times where he would go and be alone with God. In Luke chapter five and verse 16, it says, but Jesus often withdrew. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Isn't it interesting that it says lonely places? Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say exciting places? Oftentimes we run from the feeling of loneliness, but this is what Jesus was embracing. Why? Because he knew this is an opportunity for me to get close to the Father and allow him to refresh my soul. And so it's important, Jesus shows us really, how do we live a balanced life? Jesus shows us this, number one, that we have to have healthy habits in our lives. We have to have healthy habits in our lives. There are so many people that have so many negative, unhealthy, we all, all of us have so many unhealthy habits. And here's what I know. The habits that we create will be the life that we live. The habits we create are the life we live. All of our life, our life is revolving around the habits, routines, if you will, habits 
that we have created. And it's important that we would step back and evaluate the habits that we have and say, how can I continue to create healthy habits in whatever area of your life that you may feel like is sinking right now? Like I said, you, 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 we can get to the point where we feel like we're spinning so many plates and you're like, no, spiritually right now, I feel like I'm not as involved or as desiring to be as close as I am as I want to be. And so, okay, if that's the case, then what are the healthy habits that I can create spiritually to help bring me back to where I want to be in my life? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And so it's important to understand God desires for us to build ha healthy habits. Why? Because habit, I believe this, healthy habits are really, uh, uh, and then, yeah, healthy habits. Healthy habits are really how we grow. It's really the key to uh, and success of growth is healthy habits. I was in the gym the other day and I haven't been going to the gym as much. Praise God, I'm praying, just pray for me. You know what I'm saying? And I haven't been going to the gym. And I saw someone he, I, that comes to our church and he, he, uh, he's continuing to get larger in size, which I desire with all my heart. You know what I'm saying? I desire to look like Goliath. I look more like David. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't love that you laugh so much. Oh, it's kind of offensive. <laughs> and so he's continuing to get larger in size. And so I was like, bro, dude, it's good to see you in here. Man, how are you getting so big? He says, man, I've been coming to the gym six times a week. I said, bro, it's so good to see you in here. How are you getting so big? He said, man, I've been coming to the gym six times a week. I said, bro, what else are you doing? He said, nothing. I'm coming to the gym six times a week. I said, but bro, I need something else. <laughs> we all want a cheat code for growth. I'm going to show my age a little bit. It's okay. You can forgive me. I'm a little bit older than you, but it's all right. Some of y'all, I grew up with the original Nintendo. Come on, somebody. Thank you so much. I grew up with the original Nintendo. Now, for some of y'all, you never even played original Nintendo. You missed out, okay? And there was this one game called NBA Jam. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, NBA Jam. The NBA Jam was the jam, okay? Before the jam was the jam, NBA Jam was the jam. Okay, now NBA Jam, what could happen was you could buy these magazines. We didn't have the internet back then. You could buy these magazines and you could read these magazines on these different codes you could type in on NBA Jam before the game started. And I don't know if you know, like you make three shots in the NBA Jam and all of a sudden you're like, he's on fire. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I'm on fire. What now? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Okay, anyways. You could type in a code, it was like A, B, 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 A, B, B, B. It was only two buttons, you know what I'm saying? A, B, 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 up, down, left, right, up, down. And if you clicked it right, all of a sudden it was like this, and like you got this cheat code where the whole game you were on fire. And then you got in a game with your friend and you slaughtered him, or I slaughtered him, and I felt like a champ. Here's the thing, I know I'm being funny, but oftentimes this is how we are with life. We want success without the consistency of the habits. We want the cheat code. Oh, just tell me what I got to do. And you're like, oh, be consistent in the gym. No, tell me what I got to do. Just the other day on the internet, I saw somebody post, one of the funniest posts I've ever seen. They said, if you want to lose, I'm looking for 10 people that want to lose 20 pounds in seven days with no exercise and no dieting. You want what? 
I want, I need 10 people right now in the next seven days to lose 20 pounds with no exercise and no diet. What are you doing? Cutting their skin off? I don't know. What are you doing? How are you? There's no way. Why? Because the consistency of exercise and the consistency of diet is what gets us to that. But everybody's like, I'm sure he got 10 people. He may have got 20 people. Why? Because we're all looking for the cheat codes to get us somewhere in success of what we want quickly when that's not the case of life. God desires for us to be consistent and through consistency is where we see growth. But without healthy habits, there will be no consistency. You will never be consistent in your word if you don't have a healthy habit on reading your word. We'll never be consistent with, uh, have, be healthy in our relationship with God or relationship with others or whatever it is if we're not consistent in that area. And here's what I want to hit you with, with God, how God works. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for consistency. See, we're, when we, we t- we're talking about healthy habits. We're not talking about perfection. You, you, you may be on a diet. You may go have a cheat day. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about we want to be consistent. Why? Because we know it's a simple principle of life. If we continue to be consistent in whatever it is, we're going to find success and we're going to find growth. So that what we have to do when we're balancing our lives is we evaluate all the different things and we say, okay, I need to be growing in my relationship with God. Okay, well, here's the question I have to ask them. What are the healthy habits that you have set up to get you to that place of growth? Because we can dream about growth all we want. It'll never happen if we're not consistent with habits. Maybe you want to physically, you you feel like physically you want to gain weight or you want to lose weight. What are the healthy habits that you've set up? Because we won't just be sitting on the couch and do, we won't receive the things we want to see and see the growth we want to see without the healthy habits. Healthy habits are the key to, to growth in our lives. And it's important that we would find those habits and walk those habits out. So here's a quick, just very quickly, a few things on how you can create healthy habits. One, you need to make sure that you're doing just, I would say, start with one thing. What's one habit that you can start today? Not in a week from now. What's one healthy habit that you can start today? If you're like me, I'm the kind of person where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm the person, squirrel, squirrel, you know, that's me. So I can have like 15 in a matter of like 10 seconds. I'm like, oh yeah, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And then next thing you know, I got 15 things. The next thing you know, I don't have time for 15 things. Next thing you know, I don't do anything. So what's one thing in your life, one habit that you can start today? One healthy habit, you evaluate your life and you say, you know what, I'd, rather, I'd, li- I'd like to be growing in my relationship with God or I'd like to be growing physically or I'd like to be growing uh, mentally or I'd like to be growing emotionally. Okay, that's great. What's one healthy habit that you can do today that will help you as you can stay consistent to grow in that area of your life? Two, not just one thing, but make it small. Make it small. The Bible says that God does not despise small beginnings. He says, don't despise them. Why? Because small steps lead to big results. So what is one small thing you can do today? One small thing you can start today that can help you grow in the area that you feel as you evaluate, feel that you can grow. I love Jesus. He modeled this habit of just, and it was small and I'm just gonna get away for a little while. I'm gonna, why? Because I need to, I want my relationship with the father to be close. And he knew without that habit, that wouldn't happen. So he modeled for us what a healthy habit looked like getting away with God. And then three, do what Jesus did. It says right here in verse 36, they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind. You need to change your environment. 
change the environment in what you're doing. If, if you're not able to be growing in a certain area of your life, you need to probably change some things in your environment. If they, it's statistically proven that like whatever you see naturally in your life, like that's what you're gonna reach for. So like if you have a bunch of cookies on the counter, even if you have vegetables and fruit in the refrigerator, your, your mind's gonna immediately go to the counter first and grab the cookies. So they just, they say, very, very practical, they say shift it and whatever you want as far as in your life to reach for, just put it where your eyes can always see it. So put the fruit in the, on, the, on the counter or put the whatever's, and you're gonna wind up grabbing things that you wouldn't normally grab that are healthier for you or healthier for me as well. I'm talking to myself, don't, put, don't grab the donuts, come on somebody, and, and, and grab the things that are healthy for us and then what's gonna happen is it's gonna end up allowing us to be more consistent in that area. So one, one thing, start small and then change the environment, excuse me, to help you do that. Does that make sense? So important that we do that. Okay, Mark chapter four and verse 36. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I love this. You gotta create healthy habits, but also we have to create healthy margin. How do we really live a balanced life the way God desires for us to? One, we have to have healthy habits, but then two, we have to create healthy margin. Jesus shows us what healthy margin looks like right here in this scripture. It says, starting in verse 36, they took Jesus away in the boat, leaving the crowds behind. Healthy margin means you have to sometimes remove yourself from the noise. Remove yourself from the noise. There is so much going on around us that sometimes it's just neat. We just sometimes need a mental break. If you're struggling with negativity in your life, you need to shut off and remove yourself from negativity. If you're struggling with lust in your life, you need to shut off and remove the things that can tempt you to lust in your life. <gasps> That's so intense. Yeah, it's the truth. It's as simple as that. It's things in our lives. What is it in our lives that's unhealthy? Okay, this area. Okay, so now what can I remove myself in that area to shut off to say, okay, I need to take a break from that. Maybe just for a season. Why? Because it's, it's too much noise and it's causing me to be fearful or it's causing me to lust or it's causing me to think negatively about myself or whatever it may be. I just, I, I need to maybe remove that from that. Maybe it could be a, a streaming service. It may not even be bad shows you're watch, TV shows you're watching, but it may be that it's taking up so much of your time that you're saying, I'm on, my relationship with God's unhealthy because I don't have time. Is it that you don't have time or is it that you're just spending so much time on something else that isn't healthy? And again, you're saying Netflix isn't healthy? That's not what I'm saying. Well, it could be very unhealthy. I'm not going, we're not going there. We're not going to Netflix. Not going, we're not doing it. But what we're saying is, is if it's spending four hours of our day and every single day for a week straight, a month straight and a year straight and we're binge watching and we're, then we say we have no time for God, then yes, it's unhealthy. Why? Because we've, we've, we've spent so much energy and effort on it, we need to maybe remove it. Maybe, maybe this might sound really crazy, maybe you need to cut the streaming service for a little while to rebalance your time and schedule to give you an opportunity where you could say, okay, I, I really wanna spend more time with my family. I wanna spend more time with my kids. I wanna spend more time with my, with, with my wife. I wanna spend more time with the Lord, whatever it may be. I don't know, but here's what I do know. Jesus modeled it, I love it. He said, I wanna show you, you gotta sometimes remove yourself some situations. And until you do, you're not gonna find healthy margin because as we remove ourselves from it, it gives us an opportunity to go, <sighs> it's important that we understand to remove ourselves. It allows us to reprioritize things in our lives when we remove noise and things around us. 
And for those in the room that may be yes man, men and yes women, be careful that how often and what you tell, say yes to, because I'll say this, everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. Everything that we, we say yes to, we're saying no to something else. You may say yes to that, that extra 10 hours of work and that may get that, that overtime of that bonus and that may be great, but you're saying no to something else. So you have, to, you have to evaluate. You may need the money. It may be a season where you have to do that. I understand that. But you need to evaluate because if you're not careful, you're, something else is getting your no when that something else is getting your yes. So be careful how often you say yes to things. I'm not saying everybody in here should be jerks to your boss. That's not what I'm saying. But it's be careful because if you're not careful, what you can do is you can say yes to the sports to, for all our children, but then we're saying no to our children coming to church. I don't have anywhere to hide. It's important to understand that. It's important to understand that because if we're not careful, we can just yes, 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 because we want to make sure that we're help, we're being nice to people and we're being kind to people and we're helping people or whatever it may be. But every time we say yes, something in our schedule and someone in our schedule is getting a no. And that's why it's so, hear me, that's why it's so important for you to know what is most important for you. That's why your priorities, you should know your priorities so well. Why? Because I have to make sure I'm saying yes to the highest priorities and my growth in my highest priorities of my life. Does that make sense? So important that we understand that. Okay, so Jesus showed us three things. He showed us the healthy margin, remove the, remove the noise. And then he says this, I love this. It says that uh, as he left the crowd in verse 37, as soon a fierce wind uh, came up, high waves were breaking into a boat and began to fill with water. And then Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Jesus showed us that it's important how to create healthy margin. We remove ourselves from the noise. And then two, we have to remember to rest. We have to remember to rest. We are a culture in a society, maybe like never before, where we all love to rest, but no one does. We all love, there's nobody in the room that would say, hey, if I gave you two hours, like if you had two hours of your life and like once a week, you could just go home and take a nap. Every single person in the room would be like, yes, bless God. Maybe you're not a napper. Then I could say, you go on a vacation. Yes, bless God. Well, here's the thing. We, then we fill our schedule so much so that we're not able to do the things to rest in order to receive the, the, the refreshing that we need for our souls. Rest is such a vital key to growth. See, what we do in our, mental, in our own mental state, in our own human nature, we think rest is a weakness. And if we rest, that means it's not gonna get done. That means we're not going to be able to be as successful as we want to be. We're not going to make the amount of money we want to make. If the things aren't going to get taken care of the way that I'm the only one, I'm the only one. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's not how Jesus, and if you are, Jesus wants you to help create other, he wants to, I promise you, he wants to help create margin in your life because here's what I know. Even Jesus rested. He modeled rest. Why? Because I believe this. When we rest, it gives us a perfect opportunity to give him control to take control out of our own hands and say, God, it's yours. And so it's so vital when you rest. And I'm not just talking about sleep. I'm talking about rhythms of rest in your life. And we are a culture and a society that doesn't know how to rest. How do I know that? Just so you know, I'll give you some statistics. I can't even talk today, but I'll give you some stats that will prove to you that I'm right once again. Thank you so much. Here is one of the stats. 4.6 vacation days average this year, 4.6 vacation days 
were unused in the average, in Amer average American. If an average American gets two weeks per year, that's 10 vacation days. 4.6 of them went unused in the average American. That means almost half of the vacation days went unused in the average American. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's free fun. Use them. There should never be a vacation day unused if, unless they say you can roll them over and you're just ready to retire like six years early and you're rolling them all over for six years. I wouldn't do that. That's not healthy rhythms. But I'm just saying, maybe that's what you wanna do. But here's what happens. We get so caught up in life and we think, oh, we can't take a break. Yes, you can. Why? Because it's biblical for us to do so that, so we can remain healthy in our soul. We will never grow to the way that we wanna grow in life, in our jobs, in our relationships if our soul is unhealthy. And your soul will not be healthy if you do not know how to rest. Is this okay? It's so vital that we would learn as, as a culture and a society to rest. We see a huge picture in the scripture, obviously, of God talking about the Sabbath. He gave a whole day for us to just rest. I would encourage you. For those that work and even go to school, there should be a day in your, in your schedule every week, margin, in your schedule every week where it's just for rest. And I don't mean you just sleep all day. I mean, it has nothing to do with work and stress and all that. It's you to be able to shut all that stuff off. I love that Jesus slept because I, I, it's not necessarily, oh, Jesus slept because he was tired, but I think it was he slept because he wanted to model for us what it looked like to shut off everything around him. Y'all know how it is. We cannot be at work, but we at work. We cannot be at school on, working on that test, but we can be working on the test. You know what I'm saying? Or at least stressing about the test. Some of y'all, you don't even work on it till the day of. Shame on you. But that's all right. We don't even want to talk about that. Call that procrastination. That's another day, another title, another topic. But here's the thing. It's so vital that we would learn the rhythm of rest because God showed it to us, it's a biblical principle and it will help us when we rest. I believe it will give us an even a greater amount to grow because we have more strength and refreshing in our souls. I talk about Chick-fil-A a lot, y'all know that. I love Chick-fil-A, praise God. I don't have stock in it, but I should. And I, why do I talk about Chick-fil-A so much? Because it's God's chicken, we all know that too. And do you know that Chick-fil-A, we all know that they're closed on Sundays and we all know that we've all been craving Chick-fil-A on a Sunday and forget it's a Sunday and we pull up and we realize it's Sunday and we say bad words that we shouldn't say to God's chicken, but it's okay. God forgives you, I know. You know when they, the founder was starting Chick-fil-A and many of you probably know this, but they told him it won't work. He said, we're, we're gonna work six days and we're gonna take a, a seventh day. It's gonna be, you're gonna have, you're gonna have no work. It's gonna be a Sabbath. And they told him it'll never work. And the, and the industry you're going in, in the fast food industry, you can't take a day off. You will not make enough money to be successful. You will not do it. And do you know that Chick-fil-A, just last year, they more, made more money per unit, per unit, meaning per store, than any other fast food restaurant in the, in the entire world made more money per unit. And when I say that, I don't mean they make more money as a franchise because there's, there's franchises that have way more franchises or way more stores. But per store, they made more money than any other franchise. In fact, believe it or not, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway, some of the three of the, some of the largest franchises, per unit, Chick-fil-A made more than all of them combined. 
Chick-fil-A made, everybody's like, I gotta go buy some stock in Chick-fil-A. Yeah, let me tell you something. People should be giving me free Chick-fil-A. Whoever the founders of Chick-fil-A, y'all need to hook me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They made more money per unit, Chick-fil-A did, just last year, made more money per unit than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway all combined. Why? Because it's God's chicken. That's why. <laughs> and here's what I have to say about that. He stuck to a biblical principle that he know if I rest, God's gonna do the rest. And God's rest is always greater than my best. Oh my gosh, that's a tweet. That just came out of nowhere. That came out of nowhere. Somebody quote me on that one. Write a book, brother. Thank you. I didn't say that in the first service. That's a freebie. I don't even know what I just said, but it sounded so good. I shocked myself. I got to go back and watch this service for the next service. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm sorry. Forgive me. If this is your first time, I'm sorry. I am very stupid. Yes, I am. <laughs> but here's what I can say about that. Here's what I can say about that. And you can quote me on this too. If God's chicken needs, needs rest, so does God's children. If God's chicken needs rest, so do his children. Tweet me on it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm being funny, obviously, but seriously, what a, a, an incredible, easy picture to see of what it looks like is if we rest, how God takes over. But for some reason, human nature says we have to, and we got to, and we, me, uh, me, uh, and we get us so worked up that next thing you know, we have no space for rest, rest. And I'm not just talking about vacation. See, if we're just taking our vacations, if your average vacation time is two weeks a year, that means we're working 50 weeks a year for two weeks. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what Jesus did, learning a rhythm of rest, of in your day, creating margin where you can take a... <gasps> and breathe. Where's the rest in your schedule? Look at your schedule, and I would tell you, if there's not rest in it, you need to put it there, because again, it will help you be successful and grow in areas that you could not do on your own. I love this, too, because Jesus, he shows us in 40, verse four, verse 36, it says, they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind. And although other boats followed. See, oftentimes we get focused on Jesus in the boat and the disciples sinking in the boat. But we see here, if we read it, there are other boats actually around. So they were not the only boat going through the storm. Other boats and other men and other women were in the storm with them. But it's interesting because here's what happens. Oftentimes, this is how it can be for us spiritually. See, we can say that we see someone else have Jesus in their boat, but we're so busy, we just don't have time right now to get Jesus in our boat. And so that's why you have to make room for Jesus, okay? Three things in order how to create margin. You gotta remove the noise. You gotta make sure that not just remove the noise, but you're, you're remembering the rest, but then also you're making room for Jesus in your boat. What does that mean in your boat? In your situation of life. Where's room and margin for Jesus? Can I just let you know something? The secret to the universe. Let me just tell it to you right now. Jesus is the only one who can truly refresh our souls. Jesus is the only one 
that can truly refresh your soul. It's not more medicine. I believe in medicine. It's not more money. I believe in money. It's not more relationships. I believe in relationships. It's not a better job. I believe in great jobs. It's none of those things. The only thing that will truly refresh our souls is Jesus. Here's the issue. Oftentimes, just like the disciples, he is the last one we go to in our time of need. We wait until we're sinking in our, in our lives where everything is so chaotic and we're like, okay, God, we really need you now. But instead, he should be first where we're creating margin for him to be a part of what we're doing and then we'll never get to the place of sinking. Where's Jesus in your life? You ever read the old books, kids' books, Where's Waldo? You're like searching for Jesus Waldo, don't, don't let that be your life where somebody's gotta, and you gotta, like, I gotta search for, for Jesus because I got so much going on. No, let Jesus be the center of your life and let everything flow from your relationship with him. But where's the margin for Jesus in your life? If it's just an hour, and I'm, tr I'm not trying to be mean, but if it's just an hour on a Sunday and that's the margin that you have for Jesus in your relationship with God, I'm telling you right now, your soul is not gonna be very healthy. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you, God and Jesus wants to be the center of your life. Uh, an hour a week is not enough margin for him. It should be making sure every day we have space to invite Jesus into our boat of whatever that is. Does that make sense? You gotta make room. Luke chapter two and verse six is while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and Jesus gave birth to the firstborn son. And we know in this, this scripture, this is the birth of Jesus. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. From the beginning, the, 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 the challenge, the struggle, the battle has always been making room for Jesus. From the beginning of when Jesus was born, the battle has always been making room for him. We oftentimes look at this story and we think, man, innkeeper, how would you do that? Oh, innkeeper, I can't believe you, you should have known. And oftentimes we are the innkeepers in our own lives where we get so busy with so much going on and making so much money and, and making sure we have so many friends and so many relationships and so many things happening that we leave no room for Jesus. The battle for your soul has always been making room for Jesus. It's so simplistic. I know it is, but it's so vital for living a life that's balanced. You gotta remove from some noise in your life. You gotta make sure you're remembering the rest, but then ultimately, we have to be people that are we're making room for Jesus. As I close today in Mark chapter 30, Mark chapter four, excuse me, in verse 37, it says, when soon a fierce storm came up, High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm and Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? We're really gonna live a balanced life. How do we really do it? How do we really live a life of balance? We have to make sure that we're creating healthy habits. We have to create healthy margin. And then three, we have to have healthy thoughts. We have to have healthy thoughts. It's interesting to me here, the disciples, it says the wind and the waves 
are going crazy. The boat's beginning to sink and there's water in the boat and they see the water. And I believe the disciples probably saw other boats around them in the storm. And I bet they, I would guess, I would bet that they probably saw other boats sinking as well. And they saw all these things. And isn't it interesting what they said? They wake Jesus up and they say, teacher, do you not care that we're going to drown? They don't say, teacher, I know you can save us. They don't say, Jesus, I know you're the son of God and so you can rescue us. They don't, they don't question, it's interesting, they don't question God's or Jesus' power here. They question his character. They say, don't you care? Isn't it interesting that the storms, the circumstances, seeing the water and seeing the, the boat and seeing the other boats and seeing all that stuff, it caused them to get to the place in their mind where they started questioning God's character over their life. And this is what happens. We can get so unbalanced in life that we start to question God's character. Is he really good? Does he really care about me? Does he really love me? Is he really gonna provide for me? Will he really heal me? Is he really gonna do the things he says? Is he? And so here's what happens. We start to question God's character because of our circumstances. Let me encourage you right now. Our circumstances and what we see and what we feel never changes God's character. What we walk through never changes God's character, good or bad. See, because here's what we'll do. Here's what, I'm gonna stand up. I'm tired of sitting down, praise God. Here's what we'll do. Man, I've been blessed. I got a promotion at work. Woo, I'm feeling so good. Oh, you know, man, my relationships are good. I got this boyfriend or girlfriend and they love me. Woo, I'm feeling good. Or maybe you're married and you're like, man, my wife's been like extra special to me. Woo, I'm feeling so good. And we feel so blessed. And so here's what we say. Woo, God's good. No, he's not good because you're being blessed. He's good. Or what we do is we're on the other side and like, oh, I'm lonely. I, I, my, they broke up with me. And, uh, my butt's not big enough, I guess. I don't know. Uh. Or we say, man, I've been waiting for this promotion and somebody jumped me on the promotion. I've been working so hard. God, where are you? What are you doing? God, I've been single. Or God, my relationship with my wife, it's been tense. And, and so God, where are you? And we start to question God's character because we think, God, where are you? Because of something bad or something that we're walking through. No, he's good. No matter what we walk through. Isn't it interesting? That Jesus was sleeping in the middle of a storm the disciples were facing. Now, I can believe Jesus was tired. Absolutely. He was one of the hardest workers in the scripture we can read. He, he was, it was, the Bible says that sometimes he wasn't even able to eat. He was always working. So I believe he was tired. But I can bet 
that like the boat rocks from the, the wave. I mean, if they're, they're sinking, it's got to be some serious type of storm. And I can bet that he like, he kinda, maybe he kind of like startled him. He kind of looked and he's like, oh, they'll be all right. And went back to sleep. You ever been in situations, storms, trials, struggles in your life and you feel like God's asleep? Yeah, God, where are you? Where have you been? What are you doing? God, I've been serving you. I've been following you. I've been faithful. Where are you? His goodness has nothing to do with any of that. Here's what's interesting. Could it have been, this is what the Lord was speaking to me this week. Could it have been that Jesus purposely stayed asleep? Because he wanted the disciples to speak to the storm. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? And when he gets up and he, he calms the storms, he then looks at the disciples and says, why do you have such little faith? Why are you afraid? Could it have been that he was expecting the disciples and wanting to show the disciples that they had the very authority that he has and he wanted them to speak to the storm and say, you've given me the authority of over every trial, over every circumstance, and so I just got to speak to it. And so because of the authority you've given me now, I can stand and know, God, the world under, is under my feet and now all I got to do is say, no, I'm not going to think that thought. No, I'm not going to walk in that lust. No, I'm going to be... I'm not going to walk in that addiction. No, I can speak to it because he's given us the authority over it. Could it be that sometimes we feel like God is so quiet and where he is in our storm, it's because he's desiring us to know that we have authority in his name over that storm. All we have to do is walk in that authority. People come to me and they say, you know, I've been struggling with something for this many months or this many weeks or this many years. And I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying. I just can't seem to get free. I'm trying my best. Well, could it be that God wants you to stop praying? He wants you to pray. But could it be he's, you're waiting for him to remove it and all he's waiting for you is to walk in authority over it and say, God, you've given me self-control. And because you've given me a self-control, I have authority over the things that are trying to control me. This is the God we serve. We serve a God. And we have to understand that when we're talking about healthy of our, healthiness of our soul, we can get so caught up in our circumstances and our situations that we can start to allow all that to dictate what we think uh, who, and who we think God is. And that has nothing to do with it. He's a good God. It could be that he's allowing us to walk through it because he desires for us to know that we have authority over it. Or it could be that he is allowing us to walk through it because he wants us to be influencers in that. What would it have been like if the disciples would have said, no, we need to let everyone else around us know Jesus is in our boat. And so all the other people in the other boats, they look at the disciples and the disciples are panicking and they're freaking out. And they're thinking if Jesus is in their boat and they're, and they're freaking out, we are doomed. Could it be that Jesus is wanting them to stand up and say, no, we have a faith and an authority that we know Jesus has given us. And so now we're not going to be fearful. We're not going to fall into the same things. And so now others around them say, wait, if the disciples, if they're standing up and they're okay, I know we're going to be okay. Yeah. 
What could it be that God sometimes allows us to walk through things in our lives so that we could be influences to those around us when they're walking through the same things? I want to encourage you. It all starts with healthy thoughts. Because I'm telling you this, and I've been saying this, and I'm closing, I promise. I know I said it 20 minutes ago, but I'm closing. I've been saying it to every person I meet with lately. It's just something I've been saying. Here's what it comes down to. It all starts up here, and it comes down to this thought, this question right here. Either God is good or he isn't. You choose. Either he's good or he isn't. You choose. Because in the end, that's what it comes down to. You either are going to think he's good or you're going to think he's not good. You can't be waving in between because if you're waving in between, there's little faith and you're not thinking he's good. He's either good or he's not good. And the choice is up to us. And everything's going to flow from that in our lives. He's either good or he's not. You choose. And as we start to think healthy, here's what happens. As we start to create healthy margin in our lives and as we start to create healthy habits in our lives and we start to create healthy thoughts in our lives, here's what happens. We end up living this life of balance and we start to find, even though there may be a million things going on, we have this life of balance because God is orchestrating it. He's walking us and leading us through it. And so we're able to go, you got me. But I can promise you this. We will continue, hear me, we will continue to live a life unbalanced through good seasons and chaotic seasons if we don't have Jesus in our boat. Here's the question I would ask you today. Is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus in the center of your life? Or has it been your decisions? Has it been your life? And has it been your way? Because I can tell you this, his way is always better than ours. Without him, in, without him dead center smack in the middle of the boat, we'll never find the refreshing for our soul and the balance in life that we long to see because he is the answer. Amen. Can we pray today?